Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, December 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The new supervisor of the one-and-a-half-million-acre Mark Twain National Forest in southern Missouri says she's looking to manage the massive woodland with many perspectives in mind. We manage it for the public, and that's all aspects, so industry, recreation, grazing. We'll have Don Laybolt's conversation with St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All in just a few minutes. One of the longest-serving superintendents in St. Louis Public Schools history is leaving the job this week. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke has more on the retirement of Kelvin Adams. Adams led the district through a return to accreditation and many big changes. In his time, Adams told St. Louis on the air that he learned the relationship between the community and its schools is crucial. I've also learned that it's difficult in the city of St. Louis for collaborations to take place. Um, as everyone has their own opinion of views, uh, there's so many different neighborhoods uh, and so many different focuses in those neighborhoods. There is a reason why people ask the question, what high school did you grow up in? Since 1839, more than half of St. Louis Public Schools superintendents were in place for two years or less. Adams led the district for 14 years. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A Republican lawmaker is once again trying to legalize sports betting in Missouri. State Senator Denny Hoskins has tried for years to allow residents to place bets using phones or computers. Those efforts stalled primarily because the issue became linked to whether video lottery terminals should be legal in gas stations and restaurants. Hoskins says interest groups have incentive to move legal sports betting across the finish line. Make no bones about it. This is this is all about revenue. And uh, the casinos, as well as professional sports teams, see it as a way to help increase revenue uh, for themselves. Hoskins was a guest on Politically Speaking. That episode is posted at stlpr.org. 3,000 farms throughout Missouri will begin using climate-smart practices in the next five years. That's the goal of a $25 million grant the U.S. Department of Agriculture awarded the University of Missouri's Center for Regenerative Agriculture. The project is one of 140 nationwide in a more than $3 billion effort by USDA to create climate-smart commodities. Farmers will receive a financial incentive for implementing cover crops, agroforestry, and grazing. Center Director Rob Myers says they are also motivated to improve the land. I would say the number one thing driving interest in regenerative ag for farmers is soil health, no doubt about it. Regenerative farming practices aim to improve crop and livestock resiliency amid increasingly extreme weather like flooding and drought. A new research center in Illinois will focus on the scientific and societal impact of cannabis use. Alex Degman reports. It's called the Cannabis Research Institute. Even though more states are legalizing marijuana for medical and recreational uses, it's still federally illegal, so there hasn't been much research into potential benefits. The University of Illinois' Discovery Partners Institute in Chicago will be the Institute's new home. It'll study areas like crop management practices, the effectiveness of cannabis on medical conditions, demographic gaps in medical programs, and more. The idea is to have a wide body of research and data available to inform future cannabis-related policy decisions. The Cannabis Research Institute is expected to open within the next few months. The search for its first executive director is underway. I'm Alex Dagman. 
Carbondale officials are supporting a proposal to convert the Shawnee National Forest in southern Illinois into a national park and climate preserve. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, advocates would say the change would protect the forest and curb commercial logging on public land. The resolution supports shifting management of the forest from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to the U.S. Department of Interior. Congress would need to pass legislation supporting the move. Advocates are also seeking support from surrounding municipalities. John Wallace is outreach coordinator for Shawnee Forest Defense, which supports the change. He says making the forest the nation's first climate preserve would allow camping and hunting and protect plant life. Whatever forests we already have standing that are mature forests, we need to keep them standing. And the best examples that we have are on public land. And in Illinois, the best example is the Shawnee National Forest. Some critics worry the move could prevent groups combating invasive species in the forest. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. The Mark Twain National Forest has a new supervisor. Don Labelt will oversee the vast woodland that encompasses more than one and a half million acres in 29 southern Missouri counties. The 13-year veteran of the U.S. Forest Service discussed the forest's diverse needs with St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All. Don Label, you've worked in a lot of national forests around the country. What makes the Mark Twain National Forest unique? Well, I know the big one that stood out to me is the the the, the cave systems. That's pretty rare um, for a national forest to have all those uh, caves and things like that. But also, all the river and water activities. You know, it's there's a real mix here of recreational opportunities as well as, you know, economics. You know, we've got a little bit of the mining with the run. And we've got um, a lot of timber management, restoration, and just the beautiful rivers. And just the, the topography here is absolutely gorgeous. You know, those are some of the things that make it stand out. What makes it a little bit more difficult to manage is that the forest is, it's not contiguous. So there's a lot of private inholdings in between forest parcels. And so it makes it a little more challenging to manage it as a whole. But it also provides an opportunity to work with those private landowners, you know, for restoration of their forests and management of their forests for invasive species and um, such like that. So and fuels reductions. So do you see climate change as something that will be affecting the way that Mark Twain is managed? Do you see that something as something that there'll be noticeable differences in management practices? I think eventually we will. We are already starting to move in that direction. You know, we are looking, when we do our National Environmental Policy Act analyses for um, land management and restoration, we are already including looking at carbon and um, carbon stores. We are a science-based agency, so we're going to use those tools to help us manage the forest moving forward and considering climate change and the potential effects that those are, that's going to have on how the forest regenerates, um, wildfires, even drought. Because as you know, we went through quite a bit of drought this year. Potentially even doing some additional studies. Up north on some of the northern forests, they're already looking at bringing in uh, southern, more southern species as the we get warmer further north. They're already, you know, looking at bringing those species in and planting them and, you know, sort of jumping ahead with that management. So doing some experiments that way. There are a lot of people who see the, the forest through different eyes. Some people see it as recreation. Some people see it as mining. Some people see it as timber. 
some people see it as an environmental thing we should completely keep our hands off of. How do you balance all of those interests and work with all of those people who see the forest through such very different perspectives? A big part of that is education and communication. Unlike the Park Service, we have multiple, our mission is multiple uses. So it's not just preserve, stay in state in the same state. It's we manage it for the public and that's all aspects. So industry, recreation, grazing, we manage it that way. So it's all a lot of education, communication, trying to help people understand why we do what we do and how it fits our mission and that it's different from Park Service or some other agencies. But in partnerships, and partnerships really help us get that information and get that messaging across. Like I just had a meeting with the Ozark Trail Association the other day, and they really understand that even though after a timber sale, it's not a very pretty picture um, along the trail in certain areas, but they a lot of them understand that that's part of that management of getting the forest, rest, no, doing that restoration of the forest to get it back to where it was prior to all the logging. Don Labelt, the new forest supervisor at the Mark Twain National Forest, is a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, and you too. That's new Mark Twain National Forest Supervisor Don Labelt speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All. Our Mark Degon edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.